Welcome back to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Brennan. I'm Nay. I wish I was Nay, but I'm Michael. Hey. <laughs> We're Hi. back, baby. Hi, everybody. I love that we are the lone show that schedule is once a year. <laughs> I mean, it works. It works great for it's our schedules, great. honestly. We're like one of those like random TV movies that pops up once a year. Yeah, like how like the Roku channel yeah, yeah. has that like Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist Christmas movie. And you're like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, but we do have a special occasion that we are gathering to honor this time around. Uh, I think I, I would like to, to pass the mic to Nay on this one. We've got the, the Queer for Fear documentary, but I don't want to say any of the details because I you know them better than I do. So tell us about Queer for Fear, Nay. <laughs> well, first I was going to say in regards to Queer Wolf um, and our schedule, it's, it's really special to me because it's one of the few things in my life that I truly just do for fun. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, obviously I loved doing it when we were getting paid for it, but it is really nice to just kind of do, <laughs> it's, it's nice to just do something. Just so people know we were getting paid, like, we were getting paid, like. <laughs> okay. Yes. In, like, I'm not saying, <laughs> yes, the Fruit Loops were amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's always nice when you, when you get to do something you like and it's not monetized um, and there's not like. You enjoy it the pressure of capitalism to complete it. I mean, that pressure is present everywhere else, but you know what I mean? So yeah, just wanted to yeah. say, that's why, we, that's why we come back every once in a while. Cause we I love it. popping in. Mm-hmm. I love like us being able to do this whenever we want. It's really nice. And I love that Brennan who has to do all of the actual work of like, <laughs> recording, true. editing, posting. Brennan does all of it. But no matter when I text Brennan, like, hey, would y'all want to do an episode? Brennan's like, yes. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, really? Because you're the one that has to do. You're the one that has to do stuff. everything. Yeah. Right. He's the only so one that knows I, how, though. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. Brennan so much. <laughs> Um, oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I love doing this, but also, I mean, like, I, I do other podcasts that yeah. I still get paid for in other places. You so I have, BJ's, I have all right? the materials ready. What? You do BJ and Harmonies. This ends at prom, right? Yeah, yeah. I produced This Ends at Prom. That's a very fun show you should check out. They just did a, an episode on Hocus Pocus that I haven't listened to yet, but I'm sure has a lot to say about Bette Midler because she's, yeah. got, she's <laughs> got some problems. Right. <laughs> totally. Oh, Bette. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you both for being down. I, we had wanted to do, I had wanted to do an episode in July for my birthday. I was very ambitious. Um, <laughs> and we didn't get to do that. So oh, right. to be Probably here that. now. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's shit. Shit is crazy. So yeah, Queer for Fear airs. Brennan, when are we posting this? When is this going up? Uh, if everything goes right, I probably today, oh, and okay. if not tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, uh, if we get this posted today on Thursday, Queer for Fear episode one airs tomorrow, September 30th on Shutter and AMC. And I hope you all will tune in because it's fucking Question amazing. Question for you, Nate. Question yes. for you, Nate. Does it drop at midnight on Shutter? And then do we know what time it airs on AMC? Okay, this is the thing. 
I have no fucking idea. And I don't right, even... I'm looking up the AMC schedule. <laughs> I'm looking up the I'm AMC like... schedule. I, it's so funny. I've had this question asked so many times and we've all asked each other too. And I still, I'm like, I don't fucking know. It's, it's, it's like I have this huge list of questions that need to be asked and that one's always at the bottom. And I okay, never get to it. so I'm looking at the AMC website for the 30th, their schedule, and I don't see it on here. So, yeah, because we lied. Is it we AMC lied, Plus? It all, is it is it AMC oh, Plus yeah, that's yeah, also yeah. airing on? Okay, yeah. so it's airing on their app, not the network. Um, which is better because then it's on demand. Um, right, we want it. We want it streaming. We want it streaming. Yeah. Um, so it's airing on AMC Plus and Shutter. So my guess is it's dropping at midnight, but I'm. You know, I could, it's like, I could send one email and ask that. And instead, I'm going to text I'm Sam Zimmerman wait till right midnight. I'm, I'm texting <laughs> Sam Zimmerman right now. And I'm going to ask Is it treasure hunt? It's probably there when you will want to look for it. They're like, nice to, as co-producer, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but I, it's coming. I just text, I just text Sam Zimmerman and ask him. Okay. Perfect. Hopefully he gets back to me. If it's not there when you check, take a nice nap. It'll yeah. probably be there when you come back. It's, yes, uh, it's going to be but... there. Everyone, please tune in, and you got to let me know what you think. Um, so as someone from kind of the outside slash inside on the dock, I, I, I wasn't officially involved in it, but I did a lot of um, – I got a lot of, I gave Brian a lot of feedback and Brian and I are really good friends. So I got to talk to him about the process a lot and he would ask me questions and I'd see cuts and stuff like that. So I got a pretty good insight um, into what they're making, but as an outsider, I could not be more excited for, to see it all. I've seen the first two episodes and they're amazing. I don't know what I'm saying here other than that, the fact that it's like really fucking good. Um, the first two episodes I've seen are really good. They're very detailed. They're very care. There's a lot of care that went into the episodes. Um, the thing I really love that you guys changed midway through the process was instead of doing a linear exploration, mm -hmm. which it started out as, it's now become kind of a thematic exploration, which I yeah. think is more effective. Um, so if people are expecting kind of just the history from point A to point B, you're not going to get that. You're going to get more of a thematic thing, which I think is great because then you can talk about, you can talk about stuff as a whole and not have to limit yourself to a time period. Cause I remember like when there was a cut about the time period, I was like, well, that would have been a good time to bring in like the howling, but you didn't talk about it cause it was the eighties and you were talking about something from the fifties, but now all that stuff is kind of mashed together, which I think is great. Because I think queer horror is is better explored thematically as opposed to in a linear fashion just because, I don't know, I think it's more exciting that way. There is a linear aspect to it that's really interesting just to see how it's evolved. And, um, you know, when you guys were exploring it in a linear way, I thought there were some interesting aspects about how, like, pre-Hayes Code, it was horror was almost gayer in ways than it was in the modern era um mm -hmm. which i thought was really interesting but i don't know the thing that is it's so vast and it's so amazing and there's so many great talking heads and clips and music and design and 
it's just so good. I can't wait for people to see it. And I'm so proud of May. Um, she went from literally an interview subject to being a consultant, to being a producer on the show and just shows you how vital she is to the project and to queer or as a whole. And um, I'm not surprised that Brian saw that because duh. Um, so I love, I love when um, people see someone, people see someone's work and like really go, you know what, like this person's really necessary for this project to be successful. So I'm really happy for you, Mike. Oh, Michael, you're sweet, sweet guy. Go ahead, Brennan. I was just saying, there, there, there's there's no way to follow that, but I do agree. You're, you you are incredible, and I'm so excited to for everyone to have the opportunity to see this. Um, Brennan, you got to see a sneak peek, right? I did. I did get to see the premiere at Outfest, which was super fun and full of the wildest collection of people that you could imagine. <laughs> um, also, yeah, shout out to Kate, who's a listener. Um, they, yes! I, I, I ran into them. I, I was just walking up to the line and I, I was like, oh, I recognize that haircut. And it was Kate. And they were at the end of the line. So I just got to hang out with them all night. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. I love Kate. Hi, Kate. Yeah. Hell yeah, Hi, no, Kate. Brennan and Kate um, were two people I specifically invited and got tickets for for the premiere because I wanted both of them to see it um, right after Michael's wedding. So wild. But Michael, yeah, I I agree. I like the the thematically presented topics, um, but there is there still is some linear, you know, some linear vibes in there, and I I can really appreciate that too because I think it helps people understand just how long this has been happening and <laughs> um i know it for me it feels <clears throat> really empowering uh to know that there have been people like me exist for a long time um and that is fucking rad as hell so i'm really excited for people to see it um i'm even i'm excited for even the, the haters to see it. I'm excited for. Because you know they watch homo- them. Yeah, they're, they're watching it. Um, the, hom- <laughs> the homophobes are watching it. Like everyone's watching it, and well, except my mom, who asked me last night how she could watch it, and I was like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know okay. how you can watch it. <laughs> so, two things. Sam Zimmerman got back to me already. He said the documentary drops at. 3 a.m. Eastern time, so midnight cool. Pacific. He said that it takes a minute to populate across all platforms. So he said if it isn't up until about four, so then one our time, that's pretty normal. So when you wake up Friday morning, it'll be up. You're up. Um, and then the second thing I want to say is if you watch all four episodes and you watch them relatively soon, I have a feeling they could make more because not all of the history was able to be explored in four episodes because they're so fucking much. So watch the shit out of this and hopefully it becomes like a regular series. That's my hope for yeah. it anyway. Yeah, and, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. And Nay, for, for those who don't know, is the whole season premiering at once or is it a no, weekly kind of episode drop? It is going to be a weekly drop. Nice. So you will only get to see episode one tomorrow. Um, Brennan, the the preview you got to see is actually episode two now. So okay, um, so I, I'm tomorrow. living in the future, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, you'll see tomorrow, you haven't seen. And those um, who prefer a 
made like a big drop at once. They've actually like the streamers have found that the most successful series drop on a weekly basis outside of Netflix. So um, also we love water cooler talk. Mm-hmm. So this is a good get out there and tweet show until the next episode airs. Um, yeah, I love a yeah, weekly and, and... drop. I'm sick of the big clump drops anymore. Oh, me too. And the the thing that's extra infuriating on television shows right now is that, well, like, uh, for example, uh, Disney's new Star Wars show, Andor, has 12 episodes, and they uh, they premiered with three episodes, and then not, then it's a weekly drop, and it's like, I actually don't have time to watch three episodes tonight. Thank you. Right. Give me I'm one not watching that time. show at all, but... <laughs> like, Mare of Easttown is, like, a really good example. White Lotus, Euphoria, like, all the HBOs, HBO and HBO Max stuff. People talk about those shows because they stay in the... They like stay in the atmosphere for like more than mm-hmm. ten seconds. Yeah, which is which is what this uh, what queer for fear deserves, and I, exactly. I think the thematic episodes are going to be really really beneficial to that. Yep. Um, and especially because like like Nay said, like uh, it is kind of it, it can be chronological within that theme. Right. But the, the the history of film is cinema having a conversation with itself. Everything's building on what came before, and so that's a really good way to be able to zip around and make all those connections because that's what that's what film watching and filmmaking is that it's right. just all about those connections well and there's so much to digest that it, it i think the show would be doing you a disservice as a viewer if all four of them dropped in a row um because there's a lot to discuss and i hope there's a lot of people who find it educational um and maybe finally admit to themselves that the genre is gay as hell <laughs> <laughs> right I think most people will learn something new for sure. Um, And I, I am really excited for episode four personally. I feel like I did the most work on that. Um, Hell yeah. It's our our dangerous women episode. Um, I'm really excited. Is that the one that that was produced by, can I say or no? I don't think you can. So that was the one that was produced by that person, though, right? I, I This episode does have a producer. Yes, that episode does have a producer. I have no okay. idea. I don't know, Michael, what you mean. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, so, little but, tease, I, but I'm excited about all help. of them. I, I am excited about all of them. I, I definitely hope that we can go on to make more because there there are definitely some movies left out that need to be included you know um yeah and there's subjects that are just need to be explored more there's you know subjects that have been completely left out just because we're out of time uh and there's only so much space and uh i would love for folks to be able to you know see those as well so we'll see what happens you never know what happens what's going to happen i mean um and it's just been really cool and surreal to do what's been done so far so yeah amazing amazing so cool. yeah check that out um that'll i i i don't see why i wouldn't be able to get this episode out on thursday so yeah check that out tomorrow everyone if you're listening on the day of release um but as other than Queer for Fear, and I understand if your answer is nothing, Nay, but what else have, <laughs> have we been watching uh, in, you know, in the film and television space? God, 
I, you know, I was just thinking while Michael was talking about like binging versus weekly drops, how long it's been since I really got to just binge something for days and days because I've just been too busy. Um, but last Saturday, last Saturday morning, for some reason, I woke up at like 4 a.m. and could not go back to sleep. And I watched like five Grey's Anatomy episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aww, a nice return. N- new know? ones? Uh, well, season 18. So mm-hmm. some of the newest ones. And I, yeah, I told my, I was like, I'm finally in enough of a depressive episode to binge watch, <laughs> to binge watch some Grey's. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. I can only do it when I am having a hard time um, feeling anything. And I think, to be honest, I'm kind of like that right now. Uh, it's like I, I understand when something is exciting or happy or sad, uh, but I just feel a little burnt out on the world uh, and emotions take up a lot of energy and I just I just don't have a lot of energy these days. And so I feel like I am having a hard time producing those feelings on my own. And I, I love feelings, you know, I love to feel them. I love to ride that emotional roller coaster. And so Grey's was obviously helping me do that um, because it's so dramatic. And then mm. I, I did like over a few, the last couple of months, like revisit Euphoria because for this, for another reason, for the same reason, which is to feel something. <laughs> Nay, I have a very specific Grey's Anatomy question for you. Okay. Okay, so you know how, like, season 17 was basically all about COVID? Yes. And they, like, wrote it into the show, and, like, Meredith, in fact, Meredith was, like, had COVID the entire episode and was having dreams all season? Yes. (laughs) How did you feel about season 18 being in a post-COVID, like, a not a fantasy because it's supposed to be real life, but like how they like pushed it way into the future. Whereas like COVID is like a thing in the past. Right. Right. I, I mean, I just kind of disconnected from reality <laughs> and was yeah. like, okay, yeah, it's I fine. mean, I kind of like it. It's like one season of that is enough in a way. Like, yeah, I actually, when I, when they first started including it, I was like unhappy. What was that? Like a year ago into and a year into COVID. I I didn't want it. And then as soon as I, you know, got into an episode, I was I was sold. But um in the Yeah, the episode the... where Maggie starts screaming at a white woman, basically being like, This is <laughs> how the disease affects people of color and Yeah, she lit her you know, up. And, yeah, she lit her up. I was like, Oh, this is this this show actually has something to say about COVID. It's not just using COVID as like a plot point. Right. Um, so that's when I was like all in on the COVID front with the show. Because they really did show the horrors of it. Yeah, I show. mean, <clears throat> the episodes I was watching the other morning, there was one where there's like a fat patient who has a fat doctor. And the fat patient is having like knee pain. And the fat doctor, who's a resident, you know, is like working. Oh my God, with I her, love and him. And I love him. I love him. And then they so call over too. Link. They call over like silly ass Link who, you know, he's, of course he's like, you know, and you might want to lose some weight to help your knee. And I just love how the episode ended where this lady had a knee, like a, an injury she needed surgery for. And they only discovered that because the fat doctor and the fat patient were like, fuck you. 
you need right. to investigate. Right. It's not like it's not just losing weight. And they had to teach Link's skinny ass a lesson. Like I was living mm-hmm. with that. It was amazing. Um Link's had a couple episodes where he's had to learn some shit like that. Owen yeah. too, remember? Owen had to like Oh Lord. Had that whole episode There's... where they had to be like, um, bitch, when the patient's telling you they're in pain, they're not lying. You know, like or I forget what Owen's like right. Jesus moment was, but it was something like that. It was like a, a white dude dismissing a woman, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Amelia so, lit his ass up. <laughs> oh, Amelia. Amelia, who, yeah, anyway. So I could go and she got her ass lit up forever. by Maggie. It was like everyone lit, lit, lighting each other's asses up. It's so funny. Um, like a human centipede of light. Yeah. I, I, you just could not have told me when I was like five years old watching Young and the Restless with my grandpa on his lunch break. Like, you could not have told me that, you know, 30 some years later, I would also be addicted to a soap opera. <laughs> 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 like, I did not understand um, at that age, but now I totally get it. And I, you know, there's been other shit that I've, I wish, I just, don't have the memory i Mm. used to have and even that one was a struggle fest so (laughs) um ever since covid in july i definitely feel some brain fog Um, same and i have to say that 99.9 percent of the time it's a relief and and let me explain it's like i'll I'll be looking (laughs) really hard to remember or recall something and I can't and I'm like yeah that's fine I don't give a fuck (laughs) I'm like okay I'm cutting myself a break like yeah there's too many things to know there's too many bad things happening I'm like I don't fucking care so um yeah that's kind of where I'm at not really binging many things trying to catch things here or there oh I definitely watched the new Pretty Little Liars which Ooh, I fun. fucking loved. I love a high school horror setting, you know. Mm. Um, you know, I do too. Fucking, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it is so good. And the thing is, like, there's black girls now on the show and <laughs> they are lighting people up. It's just really, really good. There's like this one character, she's like this black horror nerd, and it's. Oh, that's funny delightful like she's just it's just delightful so um i did yeah i I guess that's a newer thing that i i did get to like complete so i'm really excited that it got a season two i'm really looking forward to that i'm so glad to hear that you liked it i haven't been able to see it yet because i'm you know perennially behind on anything that's a new television show um (laughs) but from the from the way it was described to me sorry what i was gonna say brendan you don't watch tv Barely. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, Ben and I just finished the after party, and that show came out in January, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but yeah, so that show, from how it was described to me, it sounds kind of like it's doing the meta thing that, while I like Scream the the TV series, it sounds like it's doing the thing that Scream the TV series should have been doing the whole time. Does that does that sound correct? Uh, you know, I did not watch Scream the TV series. So I don't know. Okay, that's well, a good in ter- job. That's a good job. <laughs> just in terms okay. of like how meta it is, does it feel like it fits into a kind of scream vibe? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of, I haven't seen it, but I I know about all the different homages and stuff too. Um, yeah it's really good i mean i think some people are gonna be like that's corny or like i'm tired of like that's that's too you know spot on but i'm like i'm a dork so i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm like that's cool that's cool like that's so cool so of course i really fucking not that you have to be a dork to (laughs) enjoy that i'm just saying i i like all of that shit so um it was amazing and, and i'm like really excited for season two Awesome. Wait. So, have sorry. Have you seen the original Pretty Little Liars? Yes. And is, do you yes. feel like it's necessary? Oh no, you do not have to see that to watch. Okay, good. Than the other one, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I mean, and that's no shade though. I love. Oh no. I love the original Pretty Little Liars, um, and rewatched like a couple episodes of that randomly a few months ago, and was like, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, still hits. Um, so yeah good i don't know anything else i've been watching is it's just gone from my memory i'm like i feel like i had to have gone to the movies with michael a few times or something but i just don't i'm like i don't fucking know don't remember yeah it it, you know celebrate forgetting (laughs) yeah exactly celebrate forgetting honestly (laughs) let it be a relief Mm -hmm. (laughs) seriously but yeah, what about you, Michael? What have you seen that's uh, standing out to you? I mean, I can't remember a lot of stuff I've watched either because I've watched so much. But um, the thing that stands out to me most recently was I got to see a sneak peek of Kevin Williamson's new slasher movie, Sick, Ooh, um, which yes. he co-wrote with Caitlin Crabb. He co-wrote with Caitlin Crabb, and then he also produced, and then it's directed by John Hyams, and it's so fucking good. It's so good. It's it's set during COVID, um, which I think could, on paper, could turn people off. But if they they handle it really well, it's actually set on April third, twenty twenty. So like three weeks into the Oof. pandemic. <laughs> uh huh. Um, it's got a very specific, very specific reason why it's set when it's set. Um, that plays into the movie, and it actually, I don't know, like. I imagine some people are going to be like, oh, that's too soon. Or some people are going to be like, why do we need to bring up COVID? But I thought it was like an interesting exploration of a slasher movie through that lens. But it also doesn't dominate the movie. And it also is like, I don't know. It's interesting what they managed to do with it. Because like, I don't think it's too soon. And also like, they did a really, I don't know. Like, I think a, a lesser group of people probably would have made it cheesy or something. I don't know. But they really maximize the tension with COVID too. Um, but also the movie's just fucking fun as hell. It's literally one long chasing. Um, so I know myself and many people on the internet have been clamoring for slashers to bring back chasings because we have missed them quite a bit lately in slasher movies. I mean, even the last Scream, which I love, didn't really have any chasing. Scream 4 didn't have any chasing. Um, so it was really nice to see a movie that essentially has an act one and an act three. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and the two leads of it are awesome. It's Gideon Adlon and I, um, Bethlehem, I think is her name. Million, I think is her name. Who's like fresh face. I don't think has done shit. And she's amazing in the movie. She was like a really true discovery that they found. Um, So I think that's going to be like a quiet hit 
when it comes out, I think, which will probably end up being next year. Um, but it's classic Kevin Williamson. It's just so nice that he did another movie in our favorite genre, Brennan. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. It's so exciting. And it's 80 minutes, which you're going to love even more. The perfect runtime. Uh, yep. And uh, so really was obsessed with that. I'm actually seeing it again next week, next week at Beyond Fest, which I'm excited for. Me too. Uh, yeah. Are you going? Yeah. Oh, Brendan, I have an extra ticket if you want to go. Um, oh. I recommend seeing it with the crowd. I got to see it, honestly, in Kevin Williamson's screening room. So there was only like six right. of us. But this having six people made it more fun. And I think having 500 people will make it even more fun. Oh, I'm really excited to see it with you. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Um, I watched halloween and halloween kills to get ready for halloween ends so i did that mm-hmm. and then um what else have i been watching i don't know uh, we watched just... we watched death trap oh yeah we watched death Ooh. trap at Brian Fuller's house. that was fun i had never seen that before yeah that was um, amazing christopher reeve sexy as fuck such a fucking babe yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, like fine as, hell. Love, fine as hell and i love that him and michael kane like in 1982 played like a really openly <laughs> like played a really gay couple and like i mean granted they're like horrible people but they also i also loved the wow. representation they're like in love you know so like i thought that was really cool and i think it was such a bold career move at the time like unfortunately i have to say that because the 80s sucked but like you know what i mean like good for christopher reeve and also he was just such a babe in the movie um, oh yeah yeah I, I saw that movie as a tween and it, it was definitely a, a component of my gay awakening yeah it's so cool so that was fun to watch i had never seen it before um and then mostly i've been watching a lot of just classics horror movies for the season already um so and I, I think i'm gonna get my um halloween 6 halloween h2o and halloween resurrection 4k box set today which i'm really excited Ooh. for yeah so what about you b well, um, I have a couple new horror movies to talk about. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, I was going out to the movies a lot. I was really working my AMC A-list uh, to avoid the 100-degree weather in the middle of the day a couple weeks <laughs> okay. ago. Yeah. Smart. Um, yeah, my God. Um, yeah, it, we don't need to talk about it. But anyway, so I went to go see Fall, um, which oh, is a movie that's about... exciting. I really had a good time um it's about two young women who for narrative reasons climb up to the top of a 2000 foot uh television tower and so they're on this little platform at the top and about 200 feet of ladder that helped them get there have suddenly fallen to the ground and they are stuck on the top and need to figure out a way to get down um and you know it's basically 47 meters up that's the thing that it's doing oh i love Um, that yeah, and and I would say there's a very very big silly moment that happens that uh, undercuts a little bit in the third act, but it's followed by an even bigger really good moment. Um, but I would say, while it's a very fun movie as far as like when they're on the platform, the scene of them actually climbing up to get to the top, it's like a 20 minute protracted sequence, and you know no, the thanks. camera's always just like. What if we tilted down to look at how far Ugh. away the ground is? And I just felt like I was going to vomit up my own heart Ooh. watching that sequence. Yeah, I'm like so scared of heights that that sounds like 
an awful experience. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you are particularly scared of heights, I do not recommend it. Um, I I wouldn't I would say that I have whatever is the default healthy fear of heights that a human being has, but that movie it really kind of rattled me up a little bit. <laughs> um, and then two movies that. I would would not want to spoil at all, so I'm not going to dive too deep into them. I saw Barbarian. I really, really loved Barbarian. Um, I think don't. I would say Barbarian is being uh, dutifully overhyped in a lot of ways right now. So just go into it blank slate and just have a fun time because that's what you're. That's what it's going to deliver. Um, and also Orphan First Kill. Um, might be so good movie of the year uh, orphan first kill is so good barbarian was good i actually saw both of those orphan first kill was fucking awesome i wish that was a theatrical movie um, um, it was it's just a a, a a top-down blast and the thing that i will talk about with that one because this is not a spoiler is the fact that they got isabel Furman back she was i i think at the time 23 playing an even younger <laughs> esther than the first orphan and it's incredible it is they really they they pulled it off they they did used all of this forced perspective and makeup and body doubles and it's just it looks wild and i loved it it's so good and the the twist yeah which we will not i don't uh, want to touch it with a 10-foot pole but, nope, it, it, but it is effective mm-hmm. it's my favorite, uh, watch. definitely did not see it coming either mm-hmm. yeah it, it, oh. I, I think it's a it was an incredibly a delicate and skillful way to follow up a movie that has a twist that is extremely well known um, and make it still seem fresh and unexpected. And that was just, it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah. And it was like, I think it's necessary as part of the franchise. Yeah. You know, like, so to have a twist in the movie and I actually, that was my first question when I talked to somebody about, I go, does there have a twist? And they go, Oh boy, does it ever. <laughs> anyway, I, I I I hesitate to spoil a single thing about that, but I also okay. So I don't know if I've ever brought this up on the show. I probably have because you know the garbage I watch. Um, <laughs> we do. So there. <laughs> so there is a franchise called After, which is based on uh, Harry Styles fan fiction. Um. So this the fan fiction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. It just like took me a minute to be like, wait, what? Wait, what, Brennan? Yeah, so the the fan fiction started its life, I believe, on Wattpad as as a what would happen if instead of a I think he was in One Direction at the time, but in, if instead of a, you know, One Direction rock star Harry Styles, he was British bad boy at my college, Harry Styles. Um mm. So it's it's an alternate <laughs> universe fan fiction. But then when uh, the author Anna Todd got a publishing deal. Um, of course, she had to change the name to Harden Scott. Um, but of course, that removes the last vestige of anything that connects him to being Harry Styles whatsoever. Right. <laughs> so he's just this random white dude who's very mean. Um, and anyway, yeah, man, so there are. F- white women have like made a killing off writing horny fan fiction. Oh, yeah. Which, <laughs> frankly, they should. But this one's not very good. What? Fifty Shades, oh, of, that's, uh, 50 Shades of Grey started as Twilight fan fiction, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's a it's a very exciting romantic epic that imagines the worst straight couple you've ever seen as like this lush sweeping kind of 
<laughs> situation. Um, and there are four of these movies. I just watched the fourth one in theaters. There's four of them and they're in wow. theaters? Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. The The first one was in theaters. It actually made a shit bucket of money. What were they, um, what are, what's the name of the series called? After. Um, the second one came out in 2020. So that one was a digital streaming release. And the, the third one and the fourth one were both released as all of the best movies are as two day fathom events with uh, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. screenings both days. Okay. So you know where I was at 7 p.m. I was seeing the fourth movie, After Ever Happy, which is the name of that movie. Okay, so the first one, yeah, it made $70 million on a $14 million budget. And then After We Collided, oh my god, these titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so After We Collided, out, 2020. That made $50 million on a $14 million budget. After We Fell, which came out less than a year later. Mm-hmm. They're just cranking them out. Uh, they, I believe that made they filmed... twenty one million. Doesn't say the budget. So those almost first nothing. Three they, they filmed that in Bulgaria back to back with the fourth one. And then after ever happy, just these titles that made eighteen million. When did these come out? I don't remember hearing about any of these. Um, and then typically at... October or November of every year since the beginning of time. So after everything is that. So there's four of them so far. Yeah, there's four so far. There's a fifth one coming, and apparently a prequel called Before that I assume is about two angry white people who never meet, which sounds yeah, there's exciting. After Everything is the next one, and then there's Before, and then it's, according to Quakeopedia, there's one called Untitled Sequel Film. Great. <laughs> That'll be the sequel to Before. So wait, the first four were released in theaters. Oh, it looks like the fourth one was released more overseas. Yeah, they, they, they got released overseas, and in America, they're the Fathom event uh, situation. Um, oh, anyway, yeah, it looks so, like all of them were, except the first one. Yeah, so I, I do so not recommend... Uh, if, 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 you have, if you have a sensitivity to emotionally manipulative or <laughs> uh, just generally uh, verbally abusive relationships, I would not recommend watching these films. Um, but I'd... I just love kind of wallowing in the misery and grime that is the the camp of heterosexuality, <laughs> um, and it is it is it's a it's a wild time. The movie does not have a plot. Um, it actually it opens on okay. Spoiler alert. Um, Harden has just realized that the person he thought was his dad is not actually his dad. So he responds by burning his mother's house down, as you do. Um, <laughs> And then, then kind of not a lot happens after that. They, they, <laughs> they break up. She moves back to Seattle. Um, she sprouts the most incredibly broom-like set of bangs you've ever seen in between cuts and has them for the rest of the movie. Um, they fuck a couple times, of course, because you gotta. Um, but there's so much lens flare in one of the scenes. Um, it looks like they're fucking in the Focus Features logo. Um, just all those like glowing circles of light it's i i feel like i i never want to recommend these movies fully to people who love bad movies because they're like really bland and boring but i just i i i like to just be a after piss pig and wallow in the in the slop of what these movies have for me and (laughs) if you're anything like me you might enjoy that experience (laughs) amazing anyway 
We're going to talk about a better movie than that. Uh, are we? I was like, oh, maybe this is maybe this is our, our reunion episode. <laughs> Dude, oh, you, you, if you don't want to talk about it, we can just keep talking about other shit. Um, I'm like, at this point, like, how long, how far in are we? We're like an hour in, are we? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, let's just let you know. Let's let's keep going with that because I uh, we we had to postpone this episode a couple times, so I watched that movie like long I, enough you know, ago that the details are slipping. Yeah, we, I mean, just so people know what we're talking about, we were going to talk about the old dark house, which is the, the original. so wonderful, and it's featured Y'all, in the doc. It's it is featured in the doc. It's streaming on Tubi for mm-hmm. free. Please watch it if you haven't watched it. Revisit it it's if, like you, if it's been a minutes. while. It is hilarious and amazing. It's it so funny. It's really good. I love yeah, it. it's it's. It, it's spinning a horror film out of what it's like to spend an evening with gay people who can afford a house. Yep. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. And everyone exactly. there is, every guest that arrives is gay too. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> every man in that movie is a homosexual. Um, and all the women are not, except the sister. The sister's definitely a lesbian. Oh my God. Yes. Of course. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, and her last name is Femme which is yeah which is so great so cute uh shame's whale (laughs) Uh, what she did after did he do this after frankenstein or before it must have been after Uh, i'll double check i think it was that would have been a year i think it was his movie between frankenstein films frankenstein is 31 um bride is 32 yeah Oh, he actually did quite a few movies between that. He did The Invisible Man. I, I love that the woman, the old woman from Titanic is like the hottie in this movie. Oh, shit. That's her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my I God. didn't know. Yeah. She's the I blonde, I believe. Blue. Yeah. She's like the one that like when she goes to put her nightgown on, she's in like a gown. Yes. Um, Listen, if, if, you, if, you, if a stranger needed to stay in your house and, and you left them, and she goes in your room. She opens the window. The wind blows everything in your room to hell. And she leaves first the window all, open and walks. She leaves the window open and walks out. Like, first of all, like, what are you opening that window for? <laughs> first of all, pick up my shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and why are you screaming at the window you just opened? You opened it. Yeah, oh, yeah, and that house doesn't need the help. Like the floors are just wet on the inside. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't need more uh, yeah, windows open. So she's in the Invisible Man as well, which I forgot. But she did a lot of her. these like old school horror movies. Who? What's her name? Is it? What's her name? Gloria Stewart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, I did not put that together. That's so. Funny. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, she was how old was she when she was Oscar nominated? Finally. She was seventy, no, eighty-seven. Oh, Lord. Good for her. What a she life. lived to be a hundred years old. Damn. Yeah. Did she act? How late did she act? Let's see how late she act, acted. Her last so ninety-seven movie, at least. She did work until two thousand and four. But yeah, old dark house. You you should definitely watch it, especially if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, I think it's so gay. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, revisiting as many James Whale movies as possible 
will really say, I think you'll enjoy the doc even more if you have mm-hmm. that background, but also you could just watch the doc and get your appetite. I think there's a lot of things that you'll want to dive into in watching. So, Yeah, I think the doc is a really good way for people to create a list of movies they have yet to see. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I know I'm going to um, sit and write down, write down everything that um i want to watch either as a rewatch or a first time watch i've been doing that with the shutters 101 Ooh, scary nice. movie moments or whatever the, the, like, the updated thing that bravo mm-hmm. did like 20 years ago and that's mm-hmm. been really fun to watch i feel like we have um there's a lot of recency bias though i feel like with these like lists that people do um when it comes to that kind of stuff i'm like People need to remember to watch movies made before like 2010. <laughs> so I've been oh, seeing that a lot lately on people's best of lists. And I'm like, really? You're right. like forgetting about like 80 years of history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after all of the Queer for Fear episodes air, we're going to release a syllabus that'll have oh, that's uh, awesome. all of the films mentioned, Ooh. you know, so, and there already is in existence a horror noir syllabus. If y'all watched horror noir and loved it, or even if you didn't, but there is a syllabus for that movie too that oh, has like that. recommended recommended readings, um, some stuff to read from the producers. I think it has like all of Ashley Blackwell's like a bunch of lectures that she's done. Uh, oh, fun. Actually, don't know. Hold on, I might have need to look up some pronouns because I think I might have just use your incorrect pronoun but um yeah so it'll definitely spark something in you to revisit some things and to watch some things you've never seen before yeah because as 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 uh as much as you watch there's always going to be something that has slipped through the cracks like i had i I had never seen the old dark house and watching that episode and just seeing the clips that were chosen from that movie. I was like, well, I need to, this needs to rise to the top of my list immediately. <laughs> um, and I'm sure, you know, people are going to have that moment for half the things in the doc. Yeah. It's so glad to do this show whenever we want. And I'm like, <laughs> Wait. I'm like, I can't keep a train of thought. I'm like, good thing. I'm not getting paid for this anymore. I, I really cannot express <laughs> how I really cannot express how much I think COVID changed my brain. And I had a mild, like a very mild, it felt very mild, like during it, you know? Um, yeah, I got, yeah. <laughs> Man, I got COVID at the same time because we got it at my wedding. Oh no. Yeah. You know, what What can you say? It's, it has right. been a, a, a bummer of a couple of years, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, should we like expect like better times, or is this as good as it's been? Okay, I'm having a hard time like like trying to um, snap out of not that you can just like snap out of depression or a bad mood even, but when I'm like trying to feel hope, I'm like okay. Are we going to do something about climate change? And by we, I mean like billionaires. Are billionaires going to do something about climate change, or is this like the 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 coolest summer we're going to ever have again in our life? Or like, is this is COVID is never going to end? Like, I just I don't really know how to um, 
feel very hopeful about anything. It kind of feels like nothing matters a little bit because of all of these larger looming things going on. Um, so yeah, I am having a, a hard time um, being a very hopeful person these days. Yeah, no, I, that is because you are a perceptive person. <laughs> um, like that it, it's, it's an extra challenging time. I, I think a lot of things in particular areas, especially the environment are worse than they have been historically. But one thing that I try to think about when things feel like maybe they've never been worse and everything's going to be terrible is that like most things have been worse or have been at least equally bad in the past and they did stop at some point. Um, but we just have the benefit of being able to look back at it and be like, oh, well, you know, the the Dark Ages ended 200 years later, you know, and, and now now they're done or whatever. So um, we we just don't we, we don't have that benefit of being able to look back at this and be able to put it in a box and be like, OK, that lasted five years and then it stopped or whatever. We're just having to live through it and, and grope in the darkness and figure out where the where the wall is. And hopefully there's one. Yeah, yeah you're, you're making hope. some points. You're making some points, Brennan. I, I hear you. I, I mean, I guess I will say that at least when it comes to interpersonal relationships and like even, you know, speaking with you two right now, it's like, those things are good. And I guess that like, yeah. obviously not, I guess there is a lot of value in like having good relationships in your life. Um, I feel like that ultimately whenever I'm like, okay, what is like, what consistently makes you happy or like brings you joy or peace or like what what is their hope in and it is it always does boil down to friendships <laughs> you know like it's like okay there's still joy there there's still like uh, excitement there there's still you know love there and i know that that's really important um yeah i mean even the docs a really good example of people managing to come together to do some really cool stuff and exciting stuff and joyful stuff but important stuff at the same time you know yeah, yeah. sure yeah and you I did mean, that <laughs> i i mean i did a, a very small part of that um i i think so even my small part in that just like witnessing different things happening and whatnot and how things get made i kind of can't believe anything gets made ever it's 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 right. truly mind-boggling to me it um is. because it is so fucking hard <laughs> and hard. it is it is so like you kind of have to suspend reality <laughs> and <laughs> be like, okay, uh, you know, you, you're dreaming up this certain thing and it's about to become tangible and it's it's very mind boggling. I truly don't know how anything gets made. It definitely gives me a a serious seriously deep respect. <laughs> Or anything that gets made ever, not anything that gets made ever, but like for a lot of things. Um, and yeah, I, I people do still accomplish cool things, I guess. Well, not only is days. it crazy that anything gets made, it's crazy that anything gets made and then sometimes it's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that go into something that could easily make it bad. It just takes one person sometimes too, like to really ruin 
piece of television or a piece like a movie or something like there's just and there's so many cooks that it's just like if you're not on the same page you're fucked and like that's a hard thing to do because it's a hard thing to do with anything when you have 200 people or whatever working on something you know Um, that's why when people have visions and they can follow through on them it's like such a miracle it really is a miracle i feel like my biggest lesson learned in any kind of visionary creative process uh i mean i think there's a lot of lessons to be be learned but for me personally you know i would not think of myself as someone who isn't assertive like i feel like i stick up for myself all the time that i've like fought for myself my whole life like blah 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 but being in a in in a creative process like this i've really had to deal with some like deep deep deep-seated demons of like uh being assertive and and like spitting out ideas being able to like give a big ass list of ideas and maybe none of them you know go past that list uh and and to speak up and be like what about this what about this and that's been really hard for me and i've had to remind myself a thousand times a day like you are not in fifth grade at calvary baptist christian academy <laughs> like, <laughs> right. you that's not what's happening you're not nine years old you're not going to spit out an idea and someone say it's stupid and you're literally you're, you know <laughs> asked to be a part of I'm like you're not yeah. gonna like no one at, and and also being a point in my life where if in fact someone did hear an idea of mine and be like yeah she's i fucking hate her she that was a horrible idea i wouldn't care like i feel like that something about the stress of trying to uh, speak up for yourself all the work involved and in, like believing in yourself speaking up for yourself practicing that confidence before you really have it and kind of pushing through all the uncomfortable feelings gets you to the point where you've done so much fucking work that if someone else is like i don't like that or i don't agree with that or like i hate you you you, you just you don't give a fuck at some point you're like okay well i've literally combed through every possible scenario in my head and like right. what those th- what those things are connected to and what kind of insecurity in me it's dinging on. And if it's something that's true, then it's true. And I either have to drop the shame or not. And if it's not true, well then I don't give a fuck it's not true. And right. you know, I I think that like that was work that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to need <laughs> to like re-examine myself in an effort to do good work. Um and that honestly has been excruciating. Mm-hmm. I feel like so many things in this world are exhausting. And, you know, I mean, I kind of had like kind of a crazy car accident this summer and it, it right. really impa- impacted my mental health a lot in a, in a lot of different ways. And I'm like, bro, I'm tired. Like <laughs> I, I'm fucking tired. Like I cannot believe that I have to work out some kind of insecurity I developed in eighth grade right now in the next five minutes so that I can speak up about something. You know, I just like cannot, kind of can't believe how many things just like myself personally that I've had to juggle. And I know that every single human being alive right now, I mean, I don't care about all of them, but a lot of them that I care about <laughs> are, are going through so many things at once. Just, yeah. just awful kind of horrific things. And we've all had to really compartmentalize things that we're just not meant to. Like, we're not meant to hold all this information. We're not meant to hold all of the things that we hold and all the things that we can ingest really quickly on social media and, 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 you know, through text messages and like, whatever it is, 
and I um yeah either I feel like everyone should be really proud of themselves if they accomplish anything whatsoever <laughs> because shit is fucking hard shit is oh, hard yeah. shit is hard and we're still kind of processing the last few years um, we're always gonna be we are literally always going to be processing the last couple of years i think definitely through the rest of our lives um yeah so yeah. i don't know how that started but <laughs> I'm glad it did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what you know, one cool thing that yeah. Michael and I got to do the end of July, which I don't think we we haven't recorded since June, right? Um, no. Uh, I moderated a panel at Midsummer Scream that had Michael um, and Brian Fuller and Kevin Williamson on it, and it was a Fangoria panel about making horror fun again. And um, one of our listeners was there. Uh, I Aww. think their name was Roxy. I already told you, COVID has fried my brain. So um, if that, that sounds I right. really think that's your name, though. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know what? Next time we record, I'm going to give Roxy a shout out because it was really fun to meet them. And, yeah, that was a really um, fun panel. It was a really fun panel. And I remember panel. feeling like uh you know it was july 31st it was like the end of the month and i remember being like oh like i had it's been such a good month like wow this is i felt like on such a high after that because it was just so much fun and feelings like that are just like more rare than they've ever been <laughs> i feel like moments mm -hmm. where you feel like that fucking good and i was like uh you know my therapist was like you know how was how was your july and i was like oh my god it was like the most amazing month and he was like didn't you have COVID? And I was like, oh yeah, yes, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, weren't you in, he's like, weren't you in a horrific car accident? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yes. But, and I, and I realized that for like more than a split second for like a period of time, I actually kind of forgot that those things suck so bad. Uh, wow. <laughs> and that's I was like, rough, okay. That's good though, it's, right? Like, you, it's not like yeah, you forgot, really you just good. were like, you were remembering the good stuff. Yeah, no, it's really good because I, sometimes I, my fear actually in being sad or depressed is that I'll never, like, I'm incapable of feeling the joy anymore, that I've, like, lost the yeah. ability to be happy or to be excited um, because it feels like I, I'm, like, trying to feel those things and I can't, like, organically make that happen. And, and I'm somebody who thinks things are permanent like you know you hurt your back or like you forget how to be happy and you're like oh my god like i'm never gonna walk again never, right. or 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 like my my mobility has changed forever or like my feelings of you know i'm never gonna be happy again I, i'm like okay thank god it was like such a relief to be like oh great like i felt like genuine joy in that moment that's awesome yeah. eh? well i like love that we actually didn't talk about the movie because i love when we have these little Tan, tan, tantrum tantrums not tangent tangent fest tangent fest <laughs> and like just have conversations that are really interesting and um affirming and open and unfettered so yeah yeah and 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 just uh, i had true fun. you know like it it there there's and there's a lot of shit out there that is shitty and sometimes you gotta be honest about it and i appreciate that you <laughs> do that yeah it was fun 
It was like gabbing with friends. Oh my god, because it was. Oops. <laughs> Shooting the shit. Yep. And this is usually what our listeners like more than anything, quite honestly. Um, is when we just talk about random shit. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy the episode, folks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I'm fun. really excited. There's a couple um there's a few podcasts next month that I'm gonna be on that I'm really excited about. Uh I'm I don't know if I probably shouldn't say it just because like, you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. So what if I don't end up recording or whatever? But um one of them is my favorite podcast and every and I feel like I've said that in front of people before and they might guess what podcast that is and that's mm-hmm. fine. But yes, really, really excited to Oh great. Uh, record with those folks in a couple weeks. Yeah, so keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Presumably you'll Amazing. be posting about that on the internet and where can people yes. find that? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Nay Beaver, N-A-Y-B-E-V-E-R which is my name. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you, Michael? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken and then Instagram at Michael TJ Kennedy. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? You B? can find me on Instagram at the burning Clem and on Instagram. I mean, no, at, uh, on Twitter at it's raining friends. Um, it's raining friends. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, well, this was fun. Let's do it again sooner than later. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. We'll, we'll, uh, like, like yeah. we're, we operate on the lunar calendar or something. We'll, we'll show up when you least expect it. And yeah. I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.